0: This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.
1: Now, on Talk Radio 1210,
2: WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now.
3: Presented by Weinerman Pain and
2: Wellness. Serious Doctors for Serious Injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with,
0: with Philly Labor.
4: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness. Serious Doctors for for serious injuries. A good Saturday evening, everybody, and welcome into the big show, and we welcome uh, everyone tuning into the big show. We've got a great lineup uh, for you tonight and a great show, uh, but before we do, and before uh, we begin, as we always do, uh, J-Doc, on a Saturday night, we set our table, uh, so I'm looking for my drum roll. Do we have it? Can't start. The, can't set the table without the drum roll, Glenny, Come on, brother. Almost got it. It almost put you a minute behind, Jay Doc, but you got here in time.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. So tonight's uh, meal was uh, from Couch Tomato in in Mannyunk on oh, Main Street. Nice. Uh, we got some unbelievable uh, pizza, fantastic, and I want to say, crunchy uh, flavor was amazing. As you can see, it's all over my face. Uh, I Offer uh, Mrs. Egger and Lou Egger here uh, in the studio a piece, but they're they're going out to dinner afterwards. But I'm telling you, you're missing you're missing out, uh, and also want to give a shout out to Christina Rose, the operations manager there, who took care of me and I can tell you this. We were running late, they took care of the pizza, we got a couple salads. So thanks to, to Couch Tomato in in Roxborough pepperoni pizza unbelievable. And
4: the cou- and the pizza from Couch Tomato has knock you off of the
1: juice diet. Yeah, I mean I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> she told me, Christina Rose told me you can juice pizza. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be working on that later. It's Saturday
4: Night Live with Philly Labor in the studio with us for perhaps, I believe, the entire hour. We'll welcome in uh, Lou Eger. Lou is the president of the Philadelphia Metal Trades Council. Uh, uh, he also is the business agent, organizer, and lawyer uh, for the Operating Engineers Local 542, and we welcome Lou into the studio. Lou, thanks for being here. Just Welcome glad you.
5: To be here. People say I have a good face for radio. Nah, <laughs> you, you join yeah, Join the crowd, yeah, you brother. Join the crowd. Eh? <laughs> Why do you think we're here?
1: Yeah, a <laughs> uh,
4: good stuff. So Lou will be along with us, and he'll be part of the conversation uh, as well. You heard from the open uh, when we started the show, Dom Giordano earlier today, earlier this afternoon uh, on Facebook, uh, posting out hearing from two sources that the Rizzo statue could come down tonight. Joining us now on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Frank Rizzo Jr. joining us here on Saturday Night Live. Jay, Doc, let me give you an opportunity to set the table. You heard the, you the Facebook quote or the reference by Dom earlier today. It's been all over. Yeah, There's I mean, a the, lot of conversation. Take yeah, a moment, relax, take a deep breath, and set yeah. the table until we can get everything worked yeah, out. So
1: we're going to have on former Republican City Councilman at large, uh, it was for 16 years, uh, uh, Frank Rizzo Jr. We're going to talk about... Uh, at the end, you know what's going on here in Philadelphia, which was sparked from what went on in Charlottesville, of course, and and uh, uh, you know, very difficult times. I can tell you that uh, certainly we're letting statues, uh, in my opinion, divide us as Americans and, and as Philadelphians. And and um, you know, I wrote a little, uh, I had a little post on Facebook myself, uh, and and and. Because all this statue stuff is really, really eating me up. And, And so I said, if you identify with what a statue stands for, then admire it. If you oppose what a statue stands for, then let it serve as a reminder of a part of history you choose not to repeat. Let's not let statues define us as people or divide us as Americans. And, you know, I could tell you this. Um you know the confederate flag and all those things that are going on down south they they've been there've been conversations about them for ages okay that wasn't i'm here okay so we we have frank going there but i just want to say something but, but those conversations and those vetted, they've been they've been in the legislators legislatures for years and they did it what what's going on here in Philadelphia is a, is a knee jerk reaction to what happened down south. So uh, I'm happy to bring on to, the, uh, to on the on the line Frank Rizzo Jr. Frank, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Frank, um, you hear what's going on? Uh, certainly, um, you know, stemming from what what happened down south. Tell us your your thoughts right now.
6: Well, I think you said
2: exactly it. Uh, it's a knee jerk reaction. It has nothing to do with uh, the Confederate generals that have uh, monuments throughout the United States of America. Frank Rizzo became mayor after being police commissioner. A huge majority of African Americans voted for him. This is a bunch of agitators and people that don't know Frank Rizzo. They weren't even born when Frank Rizzo uh, served the city of Philadelphia that he loved more than anything other than his family died trying to come back mayor of philadelphia integrated the philadelphia police department when he was first commissioner police officers used to work two blacks two whites to a car he didn't like that he wanted a black and a white officer working together he put his life on the line for every race in the city of philadelphia and visitors to the city he wasn't for bad guys he wasn't for someone that would hit old lady over the head with a pipe. They were criminals to him, and he didn't care what color they were.
4: Frank Rizzo Jr. joining us here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor, along with Jay Doc in the studio. Lou Eger is our special guest in the studio. He'll be with us. Frank, when you see, when you look, and you hear, and you um, listen to the noise that's uh, out around the Delaware Valley, and then you um, see uh, the defacing of the statue. You react how?
2: Well, you know, overnight they now deface the beautiful mur- mural that was really, really well done uh, down at Ninth and Montrose in in, in South Philadelphia. Uh, Makes so many people happy. I, you know, I kid my friends sometimes when I'm out, and I'll say. Uh, when we were in Center City and I passed my dad's statue, I said, you know, I'm wondering who's having more action this uh, today, the Rocky statue or the Rizzo statue. Right. It, 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 it's, it's part, he's part of Philadelphia. And like so many people have said, we can't change history. He was the police chief. He started as a cop on the beat. He did his job, did it well, had one of the finest police departments in the United States of America, protected all Philadelphians. And again, I repeat, became the mayor of Philadelphia right after serving as a police officer and police commissioner in one of the largest majority elections ever. If he were a racist, he would never have gotten elected the first time. Unfortunately, uh, there are people out there that don't know this man. People, during his time as police commissioner and mayor, his security detail, when they were weighing in at scenes of of turbulence and and turmoil, African-American police officers, Tony Fullwood, Eddie Harrell, Jimmy Turner, ate at our dinner dinner table every night after they got in at uh, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. My mom's 101 years old, and she said she just can't believe what's going on, so all I can say is, Frank Rizzo, my father, I never saw him be disrespectful in his life to any race. Bad guys, if they happen to be black, if they happen to be white, yeah, he didn't particularly like them or care for them.
1: Frank, we, yeah, we, we talked a little bit earlier today and. We talked about some of the difficult situations that your that your father encountered, and you talked about, uh, and, and I talked about the uh, that iconic photo with the with the nightstick, uh, and and you would you would actually explain that to me, uh, because sometimes you know some of these uh, these images you know that you can find them online, and, and and certainly they were part of the media. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah,
2: you're talking about the picture that uh, was snapped at him with a nightstick when he was in a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. And you know, that is a that is a funny story, and I'll tell you I'll tell you another funny story. And Thatcher Longstreth and myself used to laugh about this. But he was at a formal event at the Bellevue Stratford with my mom. Uh, a phone call came in. One of the security people from the hotel came over and said, "Commissioner, could you come to the phone?" Or deputy commissioner, or whatever it was. Um, and he went to the phone, and there was a disturbance. I believe it was in Grace Ferry, and I. Uh, Remember that he left the event in the tuxedo. He wasn't the kind of guy that would go home and get changed. When there was a need for a top commander, that being him, he went in the middle of the night to fires, you know, broke his hip at, at the refinery fire. He was where the action was, and he needed to be there because he was the one that motivated, kept the commanders going forward kept the police officers that may have worked hard, long hours. So they got down to Gray's Ferry, and back then, um, we don't tell a lot of people this part of the story, but he smoked cigarettes, and uh, he was lighting up a cigarette, and he, it was a little bit windy, and he couldn't get it lit, so he... Put the, uh, the nightstick that he had in his hand in his cummerbund, so he'd have two fans' hands—one the cup, the, the, the lighter of the match—and uh, to light up. And one of the photographers spotted that cummerbund scene—the nightstick and the cummerbund—put that in the in the uh, in the paper, and the next was history. And it's funny—they thought that was going to be a negative uh, a negative photo. And Thatcher Longstreth had millions, not millions, but thousands of these uh, uh, pictures of that uh, Cumberbund blown up, and they put them on poles all over the city of Philadelphia. Right. The funny part is they came to the, uh, they my dad would come to a, uh, an event in the neighborhood, the kids and the people would be ripping them all off, and the <laughs> opposition thought they were being negative and wanting them to be autographed. So, you know... Uh, that's the story about the nightstick and the cummerbund.
1: He but you also was, talked about in Grace Ferry, um, there was because I had asked you and I, you know, I'd said you know uh, we talked about the stereotypes and we talked about uh, the African American community and a lot of the um, the images that uh, are being talked about today. And you had said to me about that incident in Grace Ferry, or at least another when he had to intervene in in race in, in a race riot. Um, he he tell us a little bit about that. Okay,
2: uh, when he. Went to I believe again, and if someone out there will correct me if I'm wrong, there was an incident where blacks and whites were getting together and uh, having some um, a racial uh, issue in the in the neighborhood. He went down there, he separated them, and he told the whites you're going to behave you're going to do you're not going to do anything anything wrong you're not going to try to hurt anybody and he told the blacks the same thing same story equal treatment you know he had an they had an expression about Frank Rizzo he was firm but fair and there was a perfect example of firm and fairness the white guys behave don't do anything or you'll be dealt with the blacks got the same sermon
4: Frank Rizzo Jr joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Frank, if your father were alive today, how would he react to what's happening in the world?
2: He would... uh, I I don't think he would believe what is going on. I think that uh, things like uh, Virginia and the marches in Boston and all the distractions, order throughout the world, uh, what occurred in Spain and other parts right. of the world, it's just uh, to the point where it's hard to it's, its hard to believe. And I know that if he were the mayor of a big city, there would be no sanctuary city. If you break law, if you break federal law, there would be uh, an appropriate way to work with the federal government. I mean, can you imagine the, uh, a person breaks the law? And the police won't notify the uh, uh, the feds that they have in custody uh, a person that was arrested for a crime. So it just he, 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 that wouldn't that would have never happened in Philadelphia. But times have changed and personalities have changed and uh, opinions have changed. So. There's things going on in the world that we don't necessarily ad- agree with, but have no control
4: over. It. We'll take your calls throughout the show at 855-839-1210. Lou Ager, uh, who is the uh, president of the Philadelphia Metal Trades Council, is our guest in the studio tonight. Lou, once away in Lou. Hey,
5: Lou. Uh, how you doing, Councilman? Good, nice Lou. talking to you again. I, as a matter of fact, you, uh, your father, and probably you live used to live right behind me on uh, when you used to live on Mount Pleasant Avenue Absolutely. before you moved to Provident Road. I lived. My bedroom looked into your house. Oh my! God. Growing well, up, yeah. But you know, that's I, where I, all, the safe safe safe. Yeah. all the stories are. All the stories. <laughs> are yeah, in that sideline. <laughs> State <laughs> neighborhood. Yeah, I'm going to weigh in. You know, for, and look, I admire your father, even though he, you know, we had our run-ins at points, you know, sure. at, at demonstrations or whatever. And and nobody was more pro-labor, I will tell you. I talked to a friend of mine from AFSME yesterday, and he is 100% for keeping that statue up. But it was a nuanced guy. He was a very, very complicated guy, and he has set the plate for everything that happened in Philadelphia, whether it's Wilson Goode or Ed Rendell or John Street. The image of Frank Rizzo hangs over this whole city for good and for bad. And, and I'll tell you, I do not think they should take the statue down until everybody in the city has a job, every neighborhood is safe, everybody can get drug treatment, and every kid gets a good education. When that happens, then we can deal with statues.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, and I would say this. Um, your dad, you know, and I would say uh, in his later years particularly, but he was the type of individual that didn't have a filter sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you know, I, I know I had a father just like that. And, and uh, you know, he spoke his mind and wasn't somebody who was politically correct. And so and sometimes when you see the, uh, you know, the old uh, what was that? When we was dealing with the newspaper, the news media guy, I forget. Yeah,
2: what. He, yeah, Stan Borman. Well, Stan Borman. Not exactly what he described. Right, My and father bo- said to him, Look, I'm a private citizen now. Leave me alone. I'm out walking my dog. Stop tracking me down. Right. He didn't get the message. And then and my dad, like you Gave say, p- unfiltered, unloaded on him.
1: Right. And, 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 and I forget what he called him, but I could he say. He
2: called that, him a lush, and he was.
1: Right. And at the end of the day, do you think. So, you know, in other words, when they're when they when they're not trying to make someone look good, they, they stereotyped them with stuff like that. But at least with Frank Rizzo, when when you got, you knew where you stood. And at the end of the day, you think um, those type of images they're, they're trying to use against them?
2: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, the guys in labor will know uh, that people would go into his office and a lot of guys would say, hey, we, we better get that in writing. They knew when they walked out of there, they had a deal. There was no uh, 10 minutes later, a phone call. Uh, oh, I didn't mean what I said. My dad went and got. When they built the commuter tunnel, the labor unions in this town were not working. And my father went to a Republican president, President Nixon, and got the money to do the commuter tunnel in the city of Philadelphia that put a lot of people to work. And he was not going to not have that happen. So, uh, again, they tried to stereotype. They try to paint images of my dad not, not being an articulate, smart guy. Let me tell you. I've talked to a lot of people that dealt with them—professors and PhDs and people with people with doctorates. They said he could sit down in a room and understand an issue in ten minutes, where they were still trying to figure it out.
1: You know, the interesting thing when you, when you talk about it, uh, you know, you. You've- I and I think about it. What would you say to people that uh, you know our listeners out there? To listen, I, I want to say this. I'm I'm sensitive. I have so many friends in the African American community, and I'm sensitive to um, you know what 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 people have gone through, and 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 I'm sensitive to history. Um, and at the same time. Uh, You know, I'm sensitive to to the needs in in, in our communities. Uh, What would you say to people today? You grew up in in, in the same house as, as Frank Rizzo. What would you say to people listening that they might not know about your father? Maybe something he taught you growing up.
2: Well, he was one of the kindest guys and wanted to help people. Let me tell you about my beginnings out of high school. Never went to college. I became a lineman for the Philadelphia Electric Company. And a lot of people will be surprised to hear this. The gentleman that I loved and I worked for, for the best part of my career as a lineman for almost uh, eight years uh, before I, I moved on to other things, was an African-American foreman who treated me like a son, and my finally treated him like he was part of the family. Christmases, you name it. John was, was my buddy, taught me well. I, I took a lot of heat uh, from some of the the white guys that I worked uh, with at Tico at the time, in a nice way, not a mean way, uh, that, uh, you know, I was working for an African-American foreman. And I talked to my dad about that one day, and he told me, son, don't let anybody ever upset you. John's a great man. You learned a lot from him, and he, um, he's a good person. And that was the kind of thing he 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 could have picked up the phone and probably made a phone call and got me moved over to a white foreman. Not and I stayed with my uh, with 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 John Francis for the best part of my career in uh, in the line in the line cruise. So that's the kind of guy he was. Uh, he he like I said, the guys that were around him: Jimmy Turner, Tony Fullwood, sure. Eddie Harrell all the black police officers that were his security detail. My mom would have a dinner ready for eight people sure. at night when they came home. Hey, come on now. They, uh, at eight o'clock at night, there weren't too many places where you could get a good meal. And they were like part of our family. And still today, uh, I'm still in touch with some of them that are still alive. Unfortunately, Tony Fullwood, big Tony that worked for Lynn Abraham, he's deceased now and some of the others are gone. But, uh, they loved him,
1: and he loved them. And and uh, so, uh, Frank, we're going to bring Dan Loney into, t- t- hey, into Dan. the discussion.
0: Hey, Hey, Frank, uh, I do the show right after these guys, but I, I am probably the only person at this station that can say that I worked here when your dad did the show <laughs> on 1210 <laughs> oh, as a producer with Ruth Weisberg. Right, Ruthie. But, but he, and I was just about to say, the greatest line I remember from working that show was, Ruthie, let's go to the phones. <laughs> right. Yep. And and, and I will.
2: Do you see any police cars
6: out there,
0: Billy? Well, well, I'm going to tell you one one quick story. I was going to Temple University at the time, late '80s, and one day I had my car broken into at Temple, and I had to come into work at 12:10, and Frank saw me and he knew I was mad. And he goes, Danny, what's what's up? I said, Frank, I just had my car broken into a temple. I had a bunch of my books stolen. Uh, you know, I was in communications at Temple. I had a, a recorder, like about a three hundred dollar tape recorder, stolen. And he goes, Danny, where it was at Temple? I'm going to call the detectives and find out what's going on with it. And dang, if he didn't call, and I found out like you know, two or three hours later, an update on what was going on. Well, he was a nice man.
2: Oh, can I tell you, there was when he told you he was going to do something and everybody in the studio probably knows and like i said a few minutes ago when his word was his bond especially when it came to the, uh, to, the to to organized labor if if you know he could fight like hell with you but if he told you something it was it was a done deal no 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 double talk
4: Frank Rizzo Jr. joining us here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, along with Lou Eger in the studio and J-Doc M. uh, Krause. uh, Joe, Tom, Jody, and Seamus all waiting to jump in uh, on the phone lines. We'll get to you. We just have a minute or two uh, left with uh, Frank Rizzo Jr., who was so kind to come on to the uh, big show tonight and uh, and join us. Frank, uh, ending the segment or ending the process uh, during this show, and we appreciate you being here. How do you end it? What's your message to all uh, in the Delaware Valley? Because the divide, to me, I'm bothered by the divide, not n- not the want or the desire to change, but the unwillingness to go out and create change.
2: Well, I, I think that, uh, unfortunately, the folks that are uh, causing this controversy never knew, don't know uh, Frank Rizzo. And I'm hoping that young people especially that are being uh, drawn into this thing will really try to understand and learn what Frank Grizzo was all about it was about keeping Philadelphia safe if uh, if unfortunately some African Americans at the time were uh, involved in whatever was going on he uh, he wanted to, everyone to be treated fairly and I think at the end of the day uh, and hopefully the director of the mural art program, Jane Golden, said that maybe the murals should be taken down. That would be a sad situation if people would just buckle under that pressure uh, to, to, to to end a, end, end, a, end a situation you know you 've got to be fair here you 've got to be truthful. Frank Rizzo was not a racist asked the thousands and thousands and thousands of people to end it I'll tell you can I do I have 10 seconds to you tell do. you a quick story Yes sir I'm coming out of work one night and there's a lady leaning on my dad's statue and I thought she was sick I walk over and I said ma'am are you okay and she said turned to me African Americanly she said oh I'm fine I'm here just visiting my friend and I said your friend she said yep when I needed help I went in to the mayor's office and told her I told the mayor I was having trouble with my son she got him he got him a job And he turned out to be a good boy. And if if that hadn't happened, he would have gotten himself in a lot of trouble. So look, all I know is that my dad was a good guy and a a fair guy, firm but fair, even with me and my sister raising us. But all I can tell you is that uh, I believe that uh, honest, intelligent people will prevail. And I think the the mural will be cleaned up. The statue is already cleaned up. And I can tell you... You asked me what he would have thought. The only thing I'm, I know he would have been concerned about. If he would have saw the picture with the spray paint all over the statue, the first thing out of his mind, he would have said, is did they get any on my shoes?" Frank, Rizzo, he was clean as a whistle when it came to his, <laughs> came to his attire.
4: Frank Rizzo Jr. joining us here tonight on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Uh, Frank Rizzo, thank you, sir. Appreciate it,
2: right, guys, and thanks. For everybody participating.
4: All right. We'll get bye to, bye. We'll get to a commercial break here. Uh, everybody on the line, hold on. We'll get to you. Lou Agar in the studio will also tell you why he's here. Uh, we'll give him the microphone and he'll continue to weigh in as we roll on to the top of the hour. Back in a moment. Radio.com.
3: Radio. 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 Radio.com.
2: I won't participate on behalf of. Ourselves here at Local 98 or the Philadelphia building trades in conversations that are purely dominated on social issues that don't affect our jobs.
4: Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Special thanks to Frank Rizzo Jr. along with Jay Doc, Lou Ager in the studio as well. Uh, Ryan Boyer vacationing away this weekend and not able to join us uh, in the studio. We're going to go rapid fire to the phones uh, if we can. Joe, holding on for a long time. Uh, Joe, thanks very much uh, uh, for uh, holding on. Welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor.
6: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. My name is Joe Mastronato. I'm actually Frank Rizzo's grandson, and I was hoping to, to get on with my uncle there, but he knocked it out of the park. So, I mean, he was really, he was really terrific.
1: Yeah, we, we definitely uh, appreciate you calling in, Joe. Tell us, tell us how you feel at this time.
6: Uh, well, let's talk, first of all, this got started with, uh, with Councilwoman Helen Gimm, right? Well, right. I mean, if anyone cared to do some research, which, uh, which a lot of people on the left don't seem to want to do, you would find that she was born in 1968 in Seattle, Washington, okay? Frank Rizzo was in office from 1972 to 1980, which means she would have been between the ages of four and 12 years old while he was in power in Philadelphia. Interestingly enough, again, if you research her, she grew up around Columbus, Ohio. So I don't know how this woman, who was between four and 12 years old when Frank Rizzo was the mayor, she wasn't even alive. uh, He was police commissioner from 67 to 71. So she was two, three years old when he was the police commissioner. I don't know how this woman uh, seems to be, try to be some sort of uh, authority figure on Frank Rizzo. It doesn't seem to add up to me.
4: Joe, appreciate the Lou, you want to weigh in? Joe, thanks very much for the call. Uh, uh, We're going to move on just because we got a a ton of calls that we want to get through. We appreciate you hanging on uh, and weighing in on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor.
5: Well, I have to tell you, uh, you know, I know Helen Kim fairly well. I was very helpful in getting her elected as the ward leader in in the 21st ward. But, you know, just because you weren't born doesn't mean you can't read a book. Doesn't mean you can't watch a documentary. I mean, I know what happened in the Second World War. I wasn't born until 1954. I know who won the Civil War. And that was 100 years before, or 90 years before I was born. I, I don't know if I agree with her. I agree that there's other issues we need to be facing first. But just because she's uh, uh, I have to tell you, though, on the other hand, Frank Rizzo was somebody you had experience personally. Right. He's a hard guy to learn from a book. I mean, he, he dominated this city for years after he wasn't a mayor.
4: No doubt, Tom. Welcome in to Saturday Night Live uh, on Philly Labor from Langhorn. Tom, welcome in. How are you, Tom? Tom may not be. Re- uh, is Tom ready for us? Tom isn't. Uh, Tom is not uh, there. Let's try Joe. All right, so let's do, let's move away from that and uh, let Glenn get organized on the full, uh, on the calls. We got a full board. Uh, Lou, you're in the studio uh, with us for the entire broadcast and for the entire hour. Let's use the opportunity uh, to transition in about your op-ed that was spurred by uh, just uh, what happened in Charlottesville, which created so much conversation, so much reaction. Uh, some people say so much divide. Uh, and I want to give you an opportunity, uh, and we tee you up with an opportunity opportunity to, and that's why we have you in the studio. Welcome in.
5: Well, thank you. I'd like to talk about the the, the the people that are attacking our country, the Nazis, the neo-Nazis, the Ku Klux Klan, the alt-right. These are the enemies of labor. People don't know that right to work, which is the enemies of labor, they, want to, it's, they act like there's no rights and there's no work about it. This was established as a racist uh, doctrine because they didn't want blacks and whites to work together, joining together in organizing unions, in fighting the management, in fighting bosses in order to better their lives of both black and white workers. They were active in Birmingham, and, and, and the Klan was very active in Birmingham in the 50s and 60s when the steel workers were trying to organize the uh, big steel plants in Birmingham. I remember when I was living as a working as an organizer in the South. The Klan killed four members of my union in Greensboro, known as the Greensboro Massacre, including the president of the local. Um, and these are the enemies of labor. That everybody one of the things that when a fascist government takes over, the first thing they do is they outlaw free trade unions. That's right. what happened in Germany. It happened in China, and that's
1: and that's what I found very interesting about your op-ed because you know I saw it in in on on in, on Facebook on social media, and uh, certainly um, and you and and you would really you 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 put some insight into it on on how those individuals were not only the, the you know uh, obviously opponents of of of, of uh, you know, minorities or anybody that doesn't think like them, but also of labor, which I thought was just amazing because I didn't I didn't have that history.
5: Well, it's also that the history of the labor movement in this country has been fighting for everybody. You know, as we say, we don't see black, we don't see white, we only see green. Right. And and that, that, that uh, as my father used to always say, that the greatest anti-poverty program ever is a good-paying job. Sure. And I would add a good-paying union job because if you're working – and you're making money, uh, you don't have time to hate. And people don't realize that before this country shipped all their jobs out of seas, overseas, in, 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 in industries like steel and rubber and auto, one out of every four union members in America was an African American. Before those jobs left, before the management decided they were going to race to the bottom and steal our wages and, and export our jobs, the city with the highest percentage of African-American homeownership was? Philadelphia? Detroit. How about that? Because it was good union jobs. Right. And that's what, you know, it was what made the middle class, and it was what made— America after the war and it's so
1: difficult to watch Detroit now look at and to to look at all the homes that are vacant and you know since industry left but obviously you know it's coming back a little bit more now but certainly uh makes
4: sense Lou Eger joining us in the studio he'll be with us for uh the rest of the show you can weigh in at at 855-839-1210 Jody uh joining us on the uh phone here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor Jody welcome into the big show how are you
7: how are you Um, I just wanted to mention, I was Frank Rizzo's secretary, and this is killing me. It's it's killing, I live in South Philly, but it's killing South Philly, the river wards, it's killing the Northeast, it's killing Rosborough. This man wasn't a racist. His phone even rang in my house. He never said, are they black, are they white, or Democrat, Republican, Polish, Irish, Italian. He helped everybody. Even when Wilson Good was mayor, when people weren't getting services, they called him and it got done. But I do want to mention, there's thousands of people. As a matter of fact, we have a uh, petition online. There's 23,000 signatures in favor of keeping a statue. And when um, Monday night, 4:15 after the eclipse, we're meeting on the northeast corner of City Hall, and then we're going to have a rally at the statue. So I hope our friends in labor, everybody, could help out. Uh, I met Johnny Doc actually on Rizzo's campaign in 91, and he's been my dear friend since then. Uh, my, I come from a labor family, carpenters. My father worked at Westinghouse, so I, I know what it's all about. I know what you're talking about, jobs leaving, and Frank Rizzo loved labor, and they loved him because he was a rowhouse guy. You know, so I want to thank you for talking about
4: this. No, thank you, Jody, and thanks for holding on. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to go rapid fire here, j Doc, just to get er- just to get everybody in. Seamus uh, joining us uh, uh, on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Hey. Seamus, welcome in. How are you, sir? Good
6: job, guys. Thank you. Listen, grew up in Kensington, left went to North Catholic, left in '73 to go in the army. Spent 30 years. Met Frank Rizzo and Chick Fallon many a times at G and I as a kid. It's a great man. Met his son. They were good people. There's no colors or diversions in foxholes. Been, been all around the world, been in many battles, three, four times. We have to get it together. And things like this just divide us. That's all. All we can do is pray for everybody, and that's it. You know, good guy, and that is important. You know, the people, the figures, the things that happen for people that sacrifice. There's a lot of different ways of sacrifice, and Frank Rizzo made a lot of sacrifices.
4: Well done. Well said, Seamus. And thanks a bunch for holding on uh, to weigh into the show. Will, uh, who supports the statue being in place, uh, joining us here on Saturday Night Live. Will, welcome in.
8: Yeah, as a longtime advocate for civil rights in the city of Philadelphia, I got to know Frank Rizzo up close and personal as a chief opponent in the Latino community. And what I found about Frank Rizzo is that he tempered his style as I tempered my style. And I had the fight with him over the July 4th coalition when he called for 100,000 troops. Cuba, with my ex-wife, took him up on uh, how the police department can beat the Cubans and the charter change. But one thing, I supported Frank Rizzo when he ran the second time against Wilson Good. And I did that because I saw a man who was really committed from the heart, and I think it's deplorable that we want to tear down these uh, uh, statues in Philadelphia of Frank Rizzo. Now, I don't have a problem with the statues in the South, but again, I believe that it's a little bit more difficult if you use the the courts and you use uh, to tear down statues here, it would be a lot easier here to have a conversation. And we should really have a conversation about who Frank Rizzo was. I was one of his chief opponents. But, you know, at the end, I supported Frank Rizzo, and I was ready to support him when he died against uh, Ed Rendell. And I supported him when he ran and lost by 10,000 votes. I was in that room with blacks and, and, uh, and Latinos, and, we, and people actually cried when he lost by 10,000 votes. Well, what, so I... Just want to say that we need to have a conversation, an intelligent conversation about this, and we should stop vandalizing the statue downtown. Well, it does no good but further divide our city.
1: Well, let me answer your question. Um, certainly, it, it sounds like you were in politics. Um, uh, you, you want to give us a little background now because we think we know who you are, and, and, and you. Yeah, Wilfredo well, Rojas.
5: I know Johnny. Wilfredo, well, how know, are uh, you? It's Lou. Hager, how are you? How you Lou? doing, stranger?
1: Okay,
8: I'm I'm good. You know, I'm good.
1: And I'm by the play. way, so Lou had you picked right out. That's why I asked that question. <laughs> Me and, and,
5: and Wilfredo have known each other for many, many years.
1: Well, listen, Wilfredo, we, 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 we want the same sentiment. We, we want to thank you so much for calling in and sharing us, sharing your experiences with us and and uh, your opinions.
4: Lou, quick before we go to the break. Will, thanks very much, Frank. We'll get to you coming up after the break, I, hey, Lou. I
5: just want to say something about what Wilfredo rose about the statues in the South and the Confederate flag. That Confederate flag was never part of this country. Until the 1950s. It wasn't after the war. It was a complete reaction to the civil rights movement. And that's why it's wrong. It's not about heritage. It's about hate.
4: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Coming up at 8 o'clock, 8 to 11, the Dan Loney Show will take you into the night. More conversation on the statue on Frank Rizzo. And again, special thanks to Frank Rizzo Jr. Uh, for joining us. Frank has been waiting a long time. We bring Frank uh, into the conversation uh, here on Saturday Night Live. Frank, welcome in, sir. How are you?
6: Thanks for
3: taking my call. I just was wanted to say I was one of the guys in a crew that volunteered our time to set that statue many years ago. And we unveiled it for free, too, on New Year's Day during the Mummer's Parade. And in that makeup of crew members, it was 161 and 542 members of the uh, Operating Engineers and Riggers, there were blacks and whites that volunteered their time to put that statue up. And when we unveiled it, there was as many probably blacks and whites applauding that statue back then. And I'm telling you, it was one cold night. That we put that up and it was one cold mummer's day that, and they still came out and they surrounded that statue. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's really disheartening because the people in the city of Philadelphia that work in the city, and there's a ton of minorities that work in the city, are living off the benefits of Frank Rizzo getting great contracts, union contracts for those workers in City Hall and everywhere else in the annex building that that statue's in front of.
4: Frank, appreciate it. Well done. Uh, well said. Go ahead, Lou. I
5: have to say, if you were operating a crane, I'm surprised the... Um, the uh, I the can't hear him. Hold I,
1: on. can go... Go ahead. If Go he ahead, was then.
5: operating a crane, I'm surprised the statue's still standing. You know? <laughs> this, this is actually Frank Banker and I worked together. He's one of my good friends and my boss. Well, so. he's a
1: rigger, and that means that there was he's iron workers operator. there. No, he's no, anybody right. he mentioned 161, which means there are iron workers. There. So really, you know, that, that, that statue should ne- you'd never be able to be taken down if iron <laughs> workers put
4: up. Uh, well, keep dial- keep dialing on. Dan Looney, standing by um, with more conversation. Lou, as we roll to the top, and, oh, boy, it's a quick show on a Saturday night night here on saturday night live with philly labor but thanks so much for coming in uh when you listen to all the conversation and you translate that or, or transfer some of that thought process into your own thought process with, which which created your op-ed uh, can conversation occur lou is that is, is that possible can we get to the point where we no longer want to stand up for our own opinion but we want to force change you say what
5: well, look, I, I'm, I'm from old school politics. I believe that the purpose of politics is to talk the other side into your side. Um, I do that as an organizer. I do that when I try to knock on doors. But the fact is that what we have to do is focus on the important things. Good jobs, good education, safe kids, safe, safe neighborhoods for our children. And what the union movement does more than any other movement in the history of the world is moves people from being on the edges of society, to the middle class. The best thing that I do and Frank does and other people do that gives us the most satisfaction is when we get somebody a job. It changes their life.
1: Well said. I can tell you this. um, the, the, The most difficult thing about this whole entire situation is that it's dividing people. It's bringing out the worst in people. And it's a painful situation. And I don't think we can make decisions uh, like, like Lou said, uh, you you talk about the Confederate stuff that, that, that that's that there's hate based in that. But in this situation, there has to be dialogue. This can't be a knee jerk reaction. Um, It's bringing out the worst in people. It's,
4: let's jump back to the phones we'll get uh, we'll take one more caller and then we'll turn the show over to dan loney malik uh joining us here on saturday night live uh with philly labor malik we're a little short on time but i'll give you the floor welcome in sir
9: thank you i appreciate it uh i want to say to former councilman rizzo anthony Lamont, who is african-american and served on his detail uh says hello so uh you know i'm coming from a friendly place but but here's the reality you know defacing a statue does not change the heart of the city um and, and and neither does defacing a mural and i believe that joe doc brought up the point that there has to be dialogue and i think that's the bigger part that's being missed not only just in this city but across the country you can remove a statue but if you don't really talk about what the issues are and how people truly feel i think You know, uh, the the former councilman brought up great points about his father, Uh, but then there are a few in in the city that have serious issue with things that occurred, and we can't get around, uh, you know, the stripping of of individuals in the middle of the street. I mean, those those are real issues that we have to address, Um, and we see that playing out in culture. Uh, as with the police and, and the community. And so as we talk about these things, we have to, I believe, respect each other's viewpoint and figure out how we move the ball forward. The past, we cannot change. It's what we do now, how we talk about it now, and how we create pragmatic solutions that build a better future
1: uh, that's well said and that's malik boyd he's the host of of, of heart uh, heart of the city and i can say this that you know you got to respect each other and at the same time dialogue and not let this bring the, the worst out in individuals we can't allow it to define us or divide us
4: Malik Boyd checking in here good stuff Malik thanks very much Uh, that's going to bring our show to a close we have about uh, 70 or 80 seconds Lou um, I want to give you uh, the floor Uh, you have 30 seconds to bring a close to the big show tonight thanks again for being in the studio
5: well I'd like to thank you both for having me Um, I I just want to reiterate about the enemies the Nazis the Klan the alt-right whether they come in a hood would white swast- supremacist right white supremacist where they come in a hood a swastika or with a briefcase don't let them take our rights away
4: that's no. Lou that's Lou Ager joining us here uh, in the studio well Lou is the president of the Philadelphia Metal Trades Council our special uh, guest here uh, in the studio that's going to do it for Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness Serious Doctors for Serious Injuries and powered by Pond, Lahaki, Stern, and Giordano. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Stay tuned for the Dan Looney Show. I've seen that open space.
0: I hope you're saving that for medical marijuana because I'm a big
8: fan. I'm, I'm a
0: big fan of that. And I just want to let you know, we're talking big numbers. We're talking, as you know, they're talking trillions, but we're talking mucho billions around here of unionized pension money. I haven't heard in six weeks one conversation about Russia yet. That's the reality. They come to me about jobs. They come to me a little bit about Obamacare, but they don't come to me about Russia. And with Philadelphia jumping out of the seams as a hospitality town, we need our transportation to be clean, efficient, safe, and on time. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.